I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Yeah. Not a game, not a game. Not a game. Slap that like she scored 30. We talking about sports. I mean, what are we even talking about, man? We talking about sports here. All right, welcome back to We Talking About Sports, episode 40. Roland, we're over the hill, but we're, 40, we're short. We're missing we're, one. We're getting old. Yeah, I know. Ben, he's out. He's out uh, getting the weekend started. He's already partying. So got to hold yeah. down the fort. He held down the fort for us for a few weeks when we were, we were both out. So uh, got to give Ben a, a little shout out for that. You know, Ben just needs to get some kind of uh, situation going on in Las Vegas now. I feel like he's there every other week at this point. Yeah, he's enjoying it. I know he's out there for a bachelor party, so I know he's yeah. going to be having some fun, probably going to be betting on some games here. So it's going to be a fun-filled weekend with a lot of a lot of stuff. We know we got that Askren and, and Jake Paul fight. Hopefully we talk, talk about, about a little bit of, talk about it a little bit. But that should be a little fun on Triller. And I know there's going to be like a lot of musical performances. So, yeah, anyways, should be pretty I, cool. I even heard um, – I think even Bieber's going to perform. I don't know if that's yeah, true. I saw that. I think That's he, a bigger he, name than the last fight they put yeah. on. He, he you remember who was on stuff. last time? Um, French Montana, I think That's he right, performed. Yeah, so pretty, pretty big names. But yeah, man, I'm excited. And uh, Ben's gonna be out there enjoying it at the books. I'm sh- I'm sure. Yeah, probably catch it somewhat live, not like in in yeah, house, but, but I mean, on those Vegas books, we'll be able I to mean, catch it for sure. Just to touch on what you first said, though, I mean, it is episode 40, so gotta give you a little a little virtual handshake. Congratulations, you know, episode 40. Kind of, <laughs> kind of a big deal. I know we started like around this time last year. I don't want to say like exactly this time, but we started around the time that all sports got shut down pretty much. I mean, yeah. there, there weren't a lot of sports going on. So we were talking about a, a lot of different things like making draft lists and quarterback lists and running back lists and stuff like that. It was trivial, um, Roland, because there wasn't yeah. a lot of sports going on to talk about. Like we had to come up and be fresh with stuff at that right. time now we started talking about korean baseball <laughs> kbo was part of the yeah. plan at some point i mean that, that's how crazy it was at that time but a hey, 40 episodes is yeah that's the only episodes. time we've ever missed i think honestly is for good reason i don't think we've missed for yeah good reason and reason. you know the, the holiday period too um kind of got us a little bit but that happens well, let's get going last week i introduced a new segment it's the what if segment that i want to do for a little bit and this week Roland, I got to ask you, what if the Blazers had taken Michael Jordan instead of Sam Bowie? Man, I think that's that's probably a good one. I, I like that more than the, the one that we did last week. Not that the one last week wasn't good, but the one last week made me think a little too hard about my <laughs> skill set versus LeBron and probably wouldn't have ended up good for me either way. But anyways, uh, this is a good one. If the the Blazers drafted Michael Jordan instead of Sam Bowie. I mean, we wouldn't a we wouldn't be talking about Sam Bowie as a draft bust as much as we as we do today because you know he has that you know it's Great not point. his fault it's it's circumstantial but it's not it's not his fault but he did get drafted before Michael Jordan so um, a lot of pressure there. I mean, he didn't know Michael Jordan was going to end up being who he was. But um, to continue on, that's point A. Point B. They probably would have won a championship or two uh, with Michael Jordan. Who knows? I don't know. They would have gotten to six because, you know, the West was kind of tough. 
they had to go through the Lakers in those 80s. I don't know. It kind of would have been the same thing, you know. LeBron would have probably – LeBron. Uh, Michael Jordan probably would have had to have uh, waited out the Lakers. You know, Magic Johnson and those boys uh, were, were running things in the West in the 80s. So uh, probably would have been bad timing for Michael Jordan. Uh, would have been fun. He would have put up a lot of points. Uh, Portland would be probably in a better spot than they are now. But uh, – and. I guarantee he probably would have gotten them a championship or two, but kind of similar situation. He would have had to wait out some big dogs and let them retire. But yeah, I think the main thing for me is we won't be talking about Sam Bowie is such a bad pick um, today. If the roles were reversed a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. You know what, Roland, that's an interesting way to dissect this because whenever you hear this, what if no one ever thinks about, the ramifications for Sam Bowie, they just, or Sam Bowie, they always just think, oh, MJ would have had this or that. But it's true. If Sam Bowie doesn't go over him, he's not the bust that everyone has labeled him. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you pointed that out. Uh, it's, a, it's a different take. It's not the average take on it. So Yeah, and, you know, the West, I, I mean, I don't know too much about, or I can't really speak about it off the top of my head, but I want to say the West was pretty tough back in the day. And, uh, Michael Jordan probably would have had a little bit of tougher time getting to the finals. So that's why I say I don't know if he would have gone, you know, and done that three-peat and then, you know, go back and do another three-peat after retiring. Um, so it would have been pretty interesting. But, uh, yeah, that's a good what if, though. I, I, I want to keep these going. Yeah, we will. And um, another thing to point out, the West was tough. And uh, even in the 90s when Jordan was dominating when he was the East, those he would have been facing those Jazz teams in the <laughs> West that – and the Rockets win right away. With, you would have had to deal with Akeem Olajuwon all year. Yeah, that's true. Tough. But uh, yeah, go ahead and take us into that NBA news. That's your segment to cover, and uh, there's some some yeah, news to some, our dark horse. Some catastrophic stuff happened. You know, after we uh, logged off last week, it's almost like maybe a couple of days removed um, after the last podcast. But nonetheless, you know, Jamal Murray uh, prayers up. You know, he went down with a horrific knee injury. I think it was on a Monday, a Tuesday night game or a Wednesday night game. I know it happened this week. Um, Tours ACL. Um, going to be out for the season. A really big blow to the Denver Nuggets. You know, it was they were you know looking like they were going to turn a corner. Uh, they had uh, some guys that were you know making strides. And Will Barden, Michael Porter Jr. were becoming more consistent options off the bench. Uh, Will Barden and, and Michael Porter Jr. being you know really that third option for that team in terms of scoring. So. Uh, really big blow. Jamal Murray's the number two guy. He's the initiator of the offense for them, their point guard. So you're going to see Monte Morris probably step up into the starting spot or maybe that, excuse me, uh, that Frank Campanzo, uh, Campanzo, I can't uh, pronounce his name, but he's that guy that he trucked Ben Simmons the other day. I don't know if you caught that highlight. Ben Simmons yeah. was trying to catch like a charge. He trucked him. So he's going to get more playing time. But the grand scheme of things for the Nuggets, this pretty much, in my opinion, shoots down any – opportunity that they had of being a contender which really sucks because you and i went out on a limb and called them our dark horse you know if uh injuries uh derailed or ended up derailing the lakers uh we both like those guys to come out of the west uh but yeah a really big blow uh jamal murray we all know what he did in the bubble last year really uh became a mainstream guy um if, if you follow basketball for a while you saw him you know play on team canada uh, before he went over to Kentucky, and he he was playing against some you know college seniors that that time and some former NBA guys and doing work on those guys. So Jamal Murray, immensely talented player. Uh, hate to see him go down with an ACL injury, but 
I know we just said that it takes out their playoff um, opportunities, but if you're looking for, you know, who's going to take those shots, all I got to say is Michael Porter Jr., baby. He, he automatically jumps into that number two slot. He's going to be the guy getting the extra shots. He was already the past couple of games averaging over 20 points and close to 10 rebounds a game. So I'm excited to see what Michael Porter Jr. does with the extra shots. And like I said, you're going to see more of Monte Morris and and probably that – I can't pronounce his name, Frank Capanzo. I'm, I'm sorry for but butchering that. But you're going to see a lot more of those two guys. And like I said, the Nuggets are out. But what do you think about that, Justin? Sorry for the long-winded explanation. No, no, it's but. good. Um I think they can still make some playoff noise just because the addition of Aaron Gordon, that's an immensely talented team still. And you got what could be the MVP and Jokic, but they're not going to, they're not going to win the Western finals at, at this point. Now there, you can eliminate that from happening. I think so. if you had a future on them, you can, you can pretty much book that one out. Yeah. Right now they stand in the four seed. Uh, I think they're right above the Lakers. Uh, yeah. They're right above the Lakers right now. Yeah, they're 35 and 20. The Lakers are 34 and 21. So I think that's a game and a half, right? Um, so that they're still in a good position, but a lot of it's going to end up being, you know, where they slot out, where they end up uh, finishing the season, um, determining if uh, they have a chance at winning a first round matchup. Uh, right now, with the way some teams are coming to form, I really don't know if they can do it. Uh, I'm going to have to see Michael Porter Jr. really turn into that solid number two. And then the other thing to look at is, uh, Jokic right now we're going to uh, get into it a little bit later but he is the the odds on favorite to win MVP so maybe that changes a little bit they go on a little bit of a losing streak because they lost Jamal Murray or maybe he further solidifies his stance as a leader and and takes his team you know to the playoffs and maybe they don't miss a beat but bad bad injury um, especially uh, for Jamal Murray he was having Starting to turn a corner. I know he started the season off a little slow, but was starting to look good. Uh, but just speaking about the playoffs real quick, I know uh, a couple of months ago or a couple of weeks ago, excuse me, we kind of did a little segment uh, where we, we did ballers or busts. We, we looked at some guys in the standings and, and determined whether or not they were going to kind of be where they were at or they were going to, you know, make a push or not. So, you know, the way the standings look right now in the West, uh, you know, you have the Jazz still solidified there at the – the number one spot. They got about a, a two and a half game lead over the Suns, who have stayed at the number two seed. The Clippers made a little bit of a push. They're at the three, Nuggets at the four, Lakers at the five, and the six, seven, and eight right now are the Blazers, Mavericks, and Grizzlies. And then you got the Warriors right at the ninth spot. So right off the bat, um, is there anything that jumps out to you there, Justin, um, of, of these teams that find themselves and maybe like the, the six, to the nine range or maybe even the 10 if you want to include the spurs in that um that are contenders right now that that you think um are gonna flail out like do you think any of those teams like maybe the blazers mavericks or grizzlies are gonna uh, flail out of the playoffs or do you think those guys are gonna hold court I, I think they're gonna hold court the way it stands as of right now and i think we'll get grizzlies plus anybody between the warriors spurs or pelicans in the play-in game at this point yeah, I, I like the thing the that stands out to yeah. me the most. What's up? Is the Clippers seven game win streak? The Clippers look good. Uh, I I got to give a lot of credit to Doc. Doc Rivers is a coach now, right? Um, he he's gone in there and he he's really gotten these guys and and held them accountable. I think that's a word that 
uh, no, Doc Rivers is in Philadelphia. Excuse me, it's Tyron Lue. I'm sorry, I blanked out completely. I was watching the interview earlier today. Um, yeah, I got to give Ty Lue some credit because some people were questioning that move because uh, you know his his main coaching uh, experience has come you know with the Cavs and LeBron James. So a lot of people were questioning that, but he's you know proven out that he's a legit NBA coach. Uh, but Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are, are showing you know that they are you know top 10 top 15 players in this league um it's going to be interesting i don't still don't believe in them to come out of the west i don't i don't trust you know reggie jackson as their starting point guard i know uh rajon rondo has looked pretty good for them he had a, a playoff rondo game earlier this week uh but I'm, I'm still not a big believer in the clippers so you pointed them out so do you think they're do you believe in them to get to at least if, if they seed the way they are right now, I think with that three seed, they can make the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. But I, I'm still going to take my Lakers because right now, with the amount of rest that LeBron, sure he's recovering and AD, mm -hmm. but they're at the same time they're getting rest. They're not getting those minutes in. They're going to be a pretty healthy team going into the playoffs. And if we can keep that health, I just I just like that team that we have over theirs. In a, in a series at least and you know so <clears throat> last week you, you know both you and i went out and said uh let's go nuggets i'm hit, i'm hitching and, and i said i liked them before the season you know i've liked them kind of all season but i was falling in love with the nuggets i'm gonna hitch myself to the suns man i'm hitching yeah. myself to the suns for the rest of the year i know it's not too crazy because they're the number two seed but they're just one of those teams that just looking at them historically you think that they're hey they're the phoenix suns like outside of steve nash like what have they really done? Um, so uh, I feel like a lot of people still don't believe in this team fully, but man, I'm all about Chris Paul. I like what he's done with this team. When you have Chris Paul on your team, you're for sure going to get a lot more defensive effort. So I already like that off the bat. And they got an all world guy in Devin Booker who might be maybe a year or two away from fully touching his prime. But even right now, He's a guy that gets you 26, 27, and, and he has a capability, as we've seen, of scoring 70 points. So I, I like the Suns. I, I think they can make some noise. Again, a lot of this for me is contingent upon whether or not the Lakers can get back healthy, um, and not just healthy, but, you know, firing on all cylinders. You know, LeBron James and AD, um, time's ticking. Those guys got to get back. So that's the other big situation I, I'm starting to monitor because we're getting closer to the playoffs, not too much time left. And uh, LeBron James and AD both got to be at 100%. So um, still like the Lakers out of the West if, if those guys are healthy. But sign me up for the Suns, man. I like the way they play. I like their jerseys. They're fun to watch. They got Valley Chris, jerseys yeah. probably the best jersey in the NBA yeah. right now. But they got Chris Paul. They got my guy. So um, I, I got to root for those guys. Uh, moving on to the East real quick. Uh, we won't spend too much time, but – out of the East, you got the Sixers who are holding court as a one seed. You know, I was giving Doc Rivers uh, props for the wrong team, but still going to give him props here uh, for the Sixers. Really has done a good job. Uh, you know, the Sixers, they were the candidate for, hey, like if things don't go right this year or if things even don't look a little according to plan, let's blow it up maybe, right? Let's get rid of um, Embiid or Simmons and see what we can do. Or let's pick a superstar and go a route. And they've responded, you know, by – locking up the number one seed they went ahead and signed or not locking it up but they've been holding it holding it down uh, they went ahead and signed danny green and and um, dwight howard off of the lakers who just won a championship those guys i mean they, they don't provide much in uh, in terms of the the box score but it is 
it, it needs to be said that those guys have a, a big role on that team in terms of their their locker room presence and you know just getting guys to believe and be like hey we've been on championship teams the team that we have now looks like a championship team if we do this so i, I really like those two signings even though like i said they don't do much on the box score but just having them there as former championship guys for belief purposes i, I think is huge then you got the nets 37 18 uh, kd's back uh he looks great he's been playing limited minutes but man he he's just a workhorse i, I don't think anybody can guard him uh, he's probably the, the best offensive player I've ever seen. Seven foot, move like a guard, not fair. And he's coming into his own. Um, I, I don't know what the situation is when they're fully going to unleash him, uh, but they're playing it safe. Right now they got James Harden on the bench, but that's a big question for that team, right, is uh, getting these guys to play games together. Uh, yeah, that's they, the they biggest question mark for them. Yeah, getting them to play games together in the playoffs. But uh, as we've said on the podcast, um, they can get by on talent alone, probably in the East, but they have to have all three, probably. Um, so yeah, you got the the Nets there, the number two seed, the number three seed. Um, just lost my spot. I'm Bucks. sorry. You got the Bucks there, 34 and 20. Um, the the Bucks got to give them props. They're there in the same spot almost every single year, competing at the top of the the conference finals. I mean, the conference is just whether or not they can get over the hump. Uh, the current landscape. I don't think they will, but we'll see. And then after the the Bucks, you got the Hawks at the four, uh, the Celtics, which I want to touch on a little bit uh, right now, the Knicks at the six, the Heat at the seven, and our Hornets. I say our Hornets because they got our boy Lamelo on the team. That's, that's uh, what hurts, man. Yeah. They were up there at four, mm-hmm. holding on at the eight seed. So what out of the standings right now and i'll shout out the pacers at the nine seed and the bulls at the 10 because the bulls were part of that segment uh because they were sitting in the five seed and uh, we were both giving them props i know ben and i were giving them props for being uh, ballers at that point but uh they just lost zach levine for an extended period of time because of uh safety protocol health and safety protocols and they've lost uh three of their i mean they're three and seven in their last 10. uh so they've falling out of contention so just gave you guys all that information justin uh, out, out of that playoff scenario in the east uh what's your biggest takeaway what what team out there is surprising to you well it, it's got to be the knicks i mean because I, I pegged them at at best a 500 team and here we are four game win streak two games above 500 right now the second thing that would stand out to me is Man, the mental ball must have really been making that offense flow because they're down now. I mean, yep. three three in a row losses. They did have a really close game the other night with the Lakers. They came back a little bit. Uh, Lakers had at least like a eleven point lead, and it was like a three point game in the end. But um, he's he's that guy that takes the them over the top. Out. He's yeah, the guy that takes do. them over the top for Having sure. Having him on on the court is different. Mm-hmm. It's a different dynamic altogether. So definitely a, a big blow to them. Um, I think he's already been out close two to three weeks. So um, I know they said he was going to be out initially four weeks. So hopefully he gets back in time to maybe help them stay in that play-in scenario. Uh, that would be fun to watch them in the playoffs. I really want to see him in the playoffs. I really do. And I want to see him make noise. I mean, this is mm-hmm. the middle ball podcast for a reason. For sure. And, you know, I got to shout out your other call out, the the Knicks, another good one. You know, the they made that change. They got Tom Thibodeau. And I think he was a perfect, situ- uh, perfect coach. Uh, for this team really got uh, that team into shape really hasn't playing some good defense uh rj barrett 
guy that personal with that yeah guy that kind of looked a little i don't want to call it broken but um the question was still out on him about whether or not he was going to be uh an all-star level player or whether or not uh he was really going to ascend to his potential just based on last year but you get him in a whole different environment with a whole different coaching staff and rj barrett looks really good he's shooting about 38 percent from the three um he he can score he he has good court vision He's not a true point guard, but he's good for about five assists. Uh, I like what R.J. Barrett has done. Uh, so, yeah, I like those two call-outs. My guys uh, that I got a call-out here, I'll, I'll do two call-outs. Um, stick with the Hawks because I put out a tweet a couple weeks ago, or it was about two weeks ago, when things weren't looking so good for the Hawks, saying I can't believe I backed these guys. But uh, they, made a co- yeah, they made a coaching change. They got Nate McMillan, and, man, I, he seems to have been the the answer. He he looks to be getting himself a, a contract at the end of this year for sure if they hold court and make the playoffs. But shout out to them. They've been doing it with injuries too. John Collins and Trey Youngs have both Trey Youngs Trey Young have both been injured. Uh, so shout out the the Hawks. Hopefully they make the playoffs and and make my regular season predict or the, my preseason prediction come true. And then I got to shout out the Celtics, man. A lot of people wrote them off. I wrote them off last week. I was saying. Hey, these guys might. This team might be broken. Uh, might be past the point of no return. Maybe they don't win a championship with this current group. But right now, at uh, what are we today? Um, April fifteenth, uh, twenty twenty one. I gotta give them their props, man. They're they're playing really good basketball. They've won seven of their last ten. Uh, Jason Tatum is looking all world. He just got done dropping about fifty five the other day or fifty. I know he cleared the fifty mark. Um, so yeah, those are my two shout outs. The Celtics find themselves back in the five seed, uh, 29 and 26. Uh, yeah, I like the way they're playing right now. I, again, I don't think they have uh, championship aspirations this year, or uh, I don't think they're real contenders, uh, but I got to give them their props because they got themselves back into the playoff picture. So yeah, uh, that, that's the, the, you know, postseason uh, a playoff update, um, for the NBA. Uh, but moving on to the NBA, we do got to give a guy his flowers. Um, I know I'm going to give him his flowers, but uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, he uh, recently just announced his retirement. He's a guy that, you know, caught a lot of hype or caught a lot of flack for uh, possibly ring chasing and, you know, going over to the Nets. But as we said on the podcast, I, I think it was well-deserved. You know, he's a guy at the end of the career. He's put in his work, put in his time in the NBA. If you want to go get a ring, Go ahead and do it. But unfortunately, he said he experienced um, some heartbeat issues and a regular heartbeat issue during the game. Um, followed up with medical and team personnel. Um, even after he got back his results, he said that he was you know, so scared by the situation that he had to put his health first and he had to call it quits and called it a career. Let me say hell of a career. Hell of a career. The guy, for as long as I know, you can write him down for 20 and 12, 20 and 10, a guy that can even go for 40 on, on a night. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, man, hats off to you. Great career. But you know, and he's had that heart issue since 2007. It was a Wolf Parkinson white syndrome that he has. Mm -hmm. And, um, he's able to play through it all this time, but, uh, it was different for him Sunday night, and he said he feared for his life, and he's got to put his family first. And at this point, yeah, he went to a team where, you know, he could do less minutes, but 
at this point, what's more, what's worth it to you more, the ring or being with your family for setting with your, enjoying the fruits of all your labor as well? Exactly. I don't fault him at all for this. Hell of a career, ex Texas Longhorn. That mm-hmm. was a fun college team that he was on. So and PJ Tucker, give him his Ruby rose, Gibson. Like yeah. And that was one of my favorite teams because growing up, I was a huge Longhorns fan. Maybe not so much now. Not a fan of the program, the way things are run, but another story, another day. But growing up, like you said, that was a hell of a team. That was right off of the Final Four team, remember, with TJ yep. Ford? They replaced him with, you know, they got LaMarcus Aldridge, PJ Tucker, Booby Gibson. I forget number 22's name, but he was another solid guy for them. He was another post, uh, white boy, uh, blonde hair. I can't remember his name right now, but. Uh, very, very fun team. I remember those battles with AC Law, Joseph Jones out of Texas A&M. I hate AC Law, the A&M point guard. Yeah, a lot of fun memories, man. A lot of fun games. A lot of fun games. And, you know, it was fun because we, we even talked about a little bit with LaMarcus Aldridge uh, getting to kind of team up with Kevin Durant a little bit. I mean, it was a little short-lived, but um, he got to team up with his um, Texas Longhorn al- alumni or alumnus uh, and they missed each other by just one year back in the day. I think uh, LaMarcus Aldridge declared, and then KD came in um, that year after. So good to see them team up. But, yeah, hats off LaMarcus Aldridge, man. Um, hopefully his health issues are, are behind him, and, he, you know, this decision helps him live a, a nice and healthy life. Uh, in my opinion, borderline Hall of Fame guy, career 19-8 and eight guy. Um, not too many people can say that they've done that. So uh, props LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, but moving on to current stuff, had to. Justin made the script today, so I got to give you props for putting in that Lamarcus Aldridge news. Got to give him his flowers. Uh, but moving on to quite possibly, in my opinion, once LeBron James leaves, the new face of the NBA, Luka Doncic. Man, this guy is he not? Is he not amazing? Did you did you watch that shot last night or see the highlight at least? So you know, you know what that, I'm talking about. That shot was very impressive, bro. But you shared a video with us where Jaws covering him like a blanket, and Luca's got the footwork down. He's he's cooking him at the line, dribbling out, dribbling in, fades on him, and Jaw even had to tell him, "Hey, nice bucket." You know, mm-hmm. I can't believe you just got that one off on me. Then he follows up, and, and I, if you see the sequence, it's not just the last minute shot. He he was trying to get to the line, shot his two free throws, they get the ball back. The Grizzlies get the ball back, and then he comes back with, like, what, 2.2 seconds left, hits this crazy three to win the game, keeps his team out of that eighth seed because that's a playoff game, and he's been talking about it lately that he doesn't want to be in that playoff seed. Yo, this guy's different. He's different. And, and what, you need to point out Grayson Allen also. He missed two free throws before that yes. to even give them no that chance. Grayson. I don't like Grayson. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I really, I'm not a really big fan of Grayson Allen, but he's actually – proven to be a, a solid, I guess, rotational NBA player, which was more than I thought he'd be. I thought he'd be out of the league, but props to him. Anyways, Luka Doncic, that shot, that's crazy, man. He didn't even look at the, the basket for the most part. He said that he didn't get a good look at the basket. He obviously didn't have his feet set. That's like one of those shots that you take like when you're just at the park by yourself and you're just running up and just taking like a little one-handed, uh, one-handed, one-legged shots. Like that's a horse shot right there that he made. And he even said it was like he has no explanation for how it went in, you know, and I like his explanation. Like 
you was just out there playing basketball. That's what happens. Like at the end of the day, you're just out there playing basketball. I'm sure you've played, I've, I've played pickup basketball with you back in the day, Justin, there's crazy shots to go in, but you know, this is just at the NBA level and a game winner at that. So and it's not I, his first either. We no. might have to have Robert already give him the title big shot Luca now. Mm-hmm. He has a penchant for the big moments, man. Uh, yeah. And that, that's what I like most about this guy is he's not afraid of taking the big shot. Uh, he knows what to do to get his team in position to win. This is another team that was kind of out of the playoff picture a few weeks ago, but thanks to their big dog, uh, they're back there in, in the thick of things. And like Justin said, uh, they avoid the the eight seed, something that Lucas said that he's not a big fan of. Draymond Green also came out and said that he's not a big fan of. But I will say, you know, just for um, argument point and just to play the devil's advocate, not necessarily on this side, but – what it's just hard for me to say this because without the eight or the play in without the play in game, I mean, the, the Warriors and the Mavericks, you know, might not even be thinking about the playoffs. So I don't understand why both of those guys are complaining. They're saying like, Oh, like you don't have anything to play for or whatever. And I think a Draymond green's just saying that because they find themselves in that position. Like you guys are in the eight or the nine seed. Like I really can't take that you know, too serious. And I honestly don't know why you would say that either, because what if you end up in the nine seed, you still have a chance to, you know, hit that play in game and, and make a run for it in, in the playoffs as an eight seed. So I, I don't see kind of where they're coming from on that. Maybe you have a different perspective, Justin, but um, yeah, I, I don't see it. I, I like the fact that an additional team or two um, has the chance to, you know, fight for a playoff spot. Yeah. I'm with you on that too. Initially, when I first looked at it, I thought, oh, it cheapens the season because, you know, you work so hard yeah. the season to secure that eighth seed, but then you're out if you lose to the ninth. But you know what? Not see it with the NCAA tournament, that 16th seed that gets played in. Those are fun games. And so you got a one playoff game where a lower yeah. seed can make some noise here. UCLA was in a playing game. Yeah. UCLA was in a playing game against Michigan I like it State. For the most part now. Yeah, and I don't think it cheapens the season. I think that. Uh, anything right now is circumstantial. The thing that cheapens the season is the fact that there's no fans in the stands, right? Or it's minimal fans. So there's no true home court advantage. If you want to talk about it like that, like um, that's why the Lakers, I I think aren't so worried about seeding because they're like, well, we're not going to have to worry about going into Utah and have, you know, 30,000, you know, crazy fans in there. And in a game seven, we don't have to worry about that. You know, there's only going to be 25% of fans. So in my opinion, that's a bigger factor in cheapening the season than the play-in games is the fact that seeding really doesn't matter. So you can take a couple of weeks off or tell your big dogs to take a few days extra um, in order to to get right instead of rushing back. Um, So, yeah. Um, I, I like the, the playing game. I, I get kind of where they're coming from, but I don't necessarily um, agree with them on that. Um, but moving on, Justin, MVP. We love talking about the MVP here. Um, some people have a differing opinion in terms of, you know, hey, maybe the media has some bias sometimes, right? You saw the Gianna story get pushed out there by ESPN a couple of years in a row. Uh, then you have the anti-LeBron camp where they're saying hey the media is out to get lebron lebron's won it too many times now can't give it to him 
Then you have the people that say LeBron's the MVP every year, which for a long time I believed that. And I, I think you, you can have a valid argument for that. But nonetheless, you know, I, I think we have a pretty interesting MVP situation right now. Just going to get right to it. Jokic is the odds-on favorite, minus 250 um, on DraftKings uh, right now. And this article that I'm looking at is dated on the 12th. So it's about three days ago. Um, I think that's just before or uh, maybe the same day as that Jamal Murray injury. Uh, right after um, Jokic, you got uh, Mr. Joel Embiid, who pushed himself back up to the number two slot um, after coming back from injury. Uh, then you got Giannis at number three, Harden at number four, uh, LeBron and Donkic and Lillard uh, to round out kind of like the top seven. I, I mentioned Donkic and Lillard because they're both at plus 1,600. Um, do you think that's that's right? Do you think Vegas has it right? Is uh, Jokic your guy? Yeah, and also there was an NBA MVP media straw poll, and Jokic just ran away with it. 90 votes, first place votes. The second closest was five, Embiid. And at this point, uh, maybe was it two weeks or three weeks ago, we had the NBA half halftime awards or half-season awards. You know, we thought it was a two-way race with Embiid and uh, LeBron James. But the tables turned on them. They both go out with injury. Oh, Embiid's back now, but he's, you know, would you say earlier? I think he's played thirty out of fifty some games. He's played thirty-seven out of fifty-five games. So the the only bright side for Jokic losing Murray is that you know that point center that he plays. Yeah, he's gonna get more assists now, and that's gonna put him over the top. I think as long as he stays healthy, he's gonna wrap up this MVP race early. Yeah, I think if he stays healthy, the Nuggets stay in playoff contention. Uh, the Joker is gonna walk away with the MVP. But I do want to say something. For my money this year, the most dominant player that I've watched is Joel Embiid. Yeah. Uh, Joel Embiid, when he's on the court, unstoppable. Uh, you know, he, he mentioned that because they asked him in the, an interview how he felt about being, you know, um, the next dominant big man, you know, similar to, to Shaq, right? The next big guy that's really, you know, taken over and dominated people back to the basket, really imposing his power and being the last, you know, or the next big guy to do that, and Shaq being the last big man to win the MVP, which I think is correct. Shaq's the last center uh, that walked away with the MVP. Uh, somebody fact-check me if I'm wrong. But uh, Embiid said that he agreed that he is the, the most dominant player since Shaq and that that season that Shaq had uh, in his last MVP, that uh, Embiid believes that he's doing a lot of the similar things in terms of just sheerly just dominating people. Like when he's out on the court, there's nobody that's as strong as him. No one's going to stop him from getting to a spot. I see him catch the ball so many times at near the defensive circle and just turn around and just slam it on the guy next to him because he backed the guy down so far that he has no chance uh, defensively of stopping him beat. The only thing that hurts him in this case, as we said, 37 out of 55 games isn't going to win you MVP, in my opinion. I think that's going to stop him uh, from, uh, from winning it at the end of the day. Not to say that the Joker isn't deserving, because I think that he is. He's having the MVP caliber year. That's why he finds himself as a favorite by Vegas. And he's been durable. He's played, I think, all 55 games. I don't think Jokic has missed um, a game. I could be wrong. Um, I had his stats pulled up right now. I don't have them in front of me. But Embiid, for my money, the all most – He's played all 55. There you go. Embiid, for my money, the most dominant player that I've watched this year. And I do agree. He's the most do physically 
dominant player since Shaq. He's probably not as big as Shaq, but he doesn't have to be for today's NBA. For today's NBA, he's probably the biggest and most strongest uh, center that there is. He's not the tallest because there's Taco Fall, who's a freak, but he's the strongest center in the NBA by for sure. There's nobody that can stop him from getting to a spot uh, when he wants to back down. So I just had to say that. Um, Embiid has been the most dominant guy, but injuries are going to keep it from him. Um, do you think uh, if LeBron didn't get injured, I just have to ask because you know, you're know you a Lakers fan. I just want to get your perspective. Do you think Le- LeBron didn't get injured, that he was on track to to win the MVP this year? Or do well, you think- I mean, by Vegas odds, he definitely was on track to go ahead and get that. If he doesn't get injured, I think he, he would also benefit because of AD's injury that he'd be doing a lot more for the team. Mm-hmm. And I think he'd at least be in this race with Joker at this point. Sure. No, I, I agree. If, if he doesn't get hurt, I, I think he continues on his trajectory and he ends up, you know, in that spot. Uh, no, no, gotta, I, I do got to ask you something, though. Go ahead. It, it's kind of interesting to see, though, these two bigs, you know, these two centers. I know you said Embiid's so dominant, but with Joker, his game doesn't really mirror Embiid's. You have two centers going for this MVP race with complete, pretty much different games when it comes to the offense. Mm-hmm. I just think that's so interesting. It's not the traditional center. You know, Jokic is the, them. he is, you know, the, everybody has that hot term now that they, uh, they call these guys. He is the true point center. Yeah. He's an, he's the initiator. Or he's one of the initiators for that team. I know I just said Jamal Murray is the initiator. He's a point guard, but other than him, Jokic catches the ball at the top of the key, probably more than any other center in, in the yeah. NBA. Um, in the post, you try and double him. He's just going to look over the top of you and just give you a little, you know, pass over. He's so creative with his passes. He has great court vision. Um, it's just a shame, like we said, in terms of the grand scheme of things, that Jamal Murray went down and that we don't get to see this team uh, compete at the highest level in the playoffs. But, yeah, Jokic, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. A completely different style than, than Embiid. I know he probably isn't on the same level defensively, yeah. but he, he, he does put in the effort, so that's all that you can ask of. He's not a liability defensively, right? So that's all that you can ask of ask of him at that point. Well, he's one, one assist away a game from a triple-double average. That's 26 points, 11 rebounds, and nine assists. Yeah, dude, dude's a monster. Um, hopefully he gets to you know play a season with a fully healthy team, and I, I want to see him make a, a run with a healthy team and, and see what the, those guys can do because he's a – man, I, we got to do a list uh, when we get to the playoffs maybe – uh, top 10 NBA players going into the playoffs or something like that. But he he's up there, man. He's a top five caliber player um, as we stand here today in the NBA. Uh, but that's the NBA, um, NBA MVP update. And then moving on, I think we'll wrap up the NBA with this. A little bit of, uh, I guess, this is good news. You know, this is a nice little moment that I think we're all going to get to enjoy. Um, I, I think we'd all wish that the, the man himself would be there uh, doing it himself. And accepting accepting it himself, but uh, Michael Jordan this week he agreed to uh, be the person to introduce Kobe Bryant, uh, the late great Kobe Bryant, um, into the Naismith Hall of Fame. Uh, he is part of this class with Tim Duncan, legendary class. Uh, I don't have the full class in front of me. Um, actually, um, no, I don't have the full the, the full stuff in front of me. But it's a 
very, very good class. And nonetheless, uh, Michael Jordan is going to introduce Kobe Bryant. Uh, Justin, you're the Lakers guy. I'm not going to talk too much. I'm going to let you take this. Uh, how does it make you feel? Good move? Man, um, who better? Who better to introduce Kobe to the Hall of Fame? I get emotional thinking about it because, you know, he deserved to be there. Um, you know, just thinking about Kobe's uh, memorial service and the story that, you know, MJ told and, and the emotion you saw, you know, he was crying up there and who better? I I, I get emotional thinking about it, man, because I really wanted him to be there for this. And, you know, he's my he was my favorite player yeah. and he's gone. And I still like I can't believe it. You know, I remember exactly when it happened. Just got out of church. I get this TMZ alert and I just say it's not true. It's not real. This can't be. I'm still dealing with it in a way because yeah. basketball, I mean, I was so excited for his career after basketball now because he's so he was doing he was on the right path. And I just feel like he got taken short. And I'm just happy about Michael Jordan being the one. I think he's gonna do a good job as far as the induction goes. I agree with everything that you just said. Who better? Uh like you said at the um the ceremony uh for Kobe Bryant, uh, Michael Jordan came to tears, you know, talking about how he wanted to be the best big brother that he could. And that's because Michael Jordan, you know, came from an era. We always talk about it, how the, the, the guys today are all, you know, buddy buddies. Uh, Michael Jordan came from an era where that necessarily wasn't the case, right? You, you had guys that genuinely didn't like each other, but you had a, a young Kobe Bryant who wanted to ask and, you know, get, excuse me, every bit of information out of MJ that he could. And MJ ended up falling in love with the kid as a brother and having a, a brotherly relationship with the guy. So great move. Uh, like Justin said, it still almost doesn't feel real. Like, you, you know, as soon as Kobe Bryant retired, right, you, you're saying to yourself, first ballot Hall of Famer, can't wait to, to see him get inducted. Um, Which jersey they can exactly, retire. Yeah, exactly, because that's ex exactly what Kobe Bryant was, uh, a first ballot Hall of Famer um, in the truest sense on and off the court. So um, it's very, it's bittersweet, right? It's, it's good news to hear that uh, Michael Jordan is the one that's going to be introducing him, but it also reminds us that, you know, uh, Kobe's not going to be there to accept it, but I'm sure Kobe's smiling knowing that, you know, MJ's taking that responsibility and, um, and warming him up uh, for his introduction to the, to the Naismith hall of fame. But I'm sure we'll talk about the hall of fame introduction uh, when it happens. I think it's this summer. And like I said, Tim Duncan's going to be there. I know David Robinson's going to introduce him. Um, and like we just said, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. But uh, that's all that I had for the NBA today. Uh, Justin, uh, do you have anything else that you want to talk about before we uh, wrap up the NBA segment? Uh, that, that, let's, let's wrap it up. That's a good NBA segment. Uh, shout out to LaMarcus Aldridge one more time. Give him yep. the roses for that retirement. Shout out LaMarcus. And the playoffs are coming up. So things are starting to heat up. Uh, these guys are going to start really uh, solidifying their – uh, their playoff seats as we get here to the next couple of weeks. And we're going to be here for it. Roland, we're going to change it up with some grim news because we promised to cover the Deshaun saga. So this week, um, Deshaun had amended, a, no, he had filed a lawsuit, a motion for the, I guess you would call them plaintiffs to disclose their names. They filed back this week saying, you know, we need some more time to, to uh, come out with our names and whatnot. A new suit was filed, a new lawsuit, but here's the interesting kicker. One of the lawsuits was dropped. I saw that this for now. any kind of a thing for Deshaun that shows, hey, maybe he's not as guilty because someone didn't pursue after all? What do you think here? Mm. 
do you I don't know. Um, just reading this article right now, you know, it says that the uh, case was withdrawn because of privacy and security concerns and that the uh, plaintiff uh, will refile the case uh, once those concerns are addressed. And I think that's understandable. You know, anytime you're dealing with a high profile case like this and your name gets out there, you're going to have all the fanboys, all the Deshaun Watson fanboys out there, you know, ugly on pirating um, people and talking crap. And it's just ugly. Um, I see why you, you kind of want to make those things public, because if you're willing to go out there and file the case, then, you know, you need to be able to put your name to the paper. But um, I, I don't take too much away from a case being withdrawn. I, I think it ha really had to do with those privacy things, um, but still not looking very good for Deshaun Watson at all right now i don't think there's any news that's come out uh that's made me change my original stance that he's not going to be on the field on week one uh, not that's the most important thing but we do talk about sports here so i, I have to relay it to you know the on the field implications. Aspect, I agree. yeah on the field implications is he's going to be off the field so yeah not looking good for him but we I'm, do got with you on this i thought maybe you know one lawsuit being dropped might be you know a positive for him as far as being on the field but it's not enough. Um, it seems like they're going to continue to pursue. And as you mentioned, the reason for this lawsuit being, you know, not necessarily completely dropped, but postponed when it would be filed again is because the way that some of these, uh, you know, Twitter people can be on the Internet. So I don't blame them. They probably want to share some things up to make sure that their privacies, you know, home addresses don't get leaked, things like that, because fanboys can be a little crazy sometimes, man. Yeah, nasty, nasty. Well, let's move on to another NFL topic, and this one for me is kind of a big deal just because of who he's lined up on the other side with. Jadavion Clowney, he finally signed a deal, uh, one year, 10 mil. Of course, he still hasn't met that mark when he was betting on himself mm -hmm. to get signed, but now he's signed and he's playing alongside um, the other left end, uh, Garrett, which is Miles, Miles Garrett. Garrett, which is a you know, a beast of Monster. an end. Browns are showing up this defense. And, you know, not that they had a lot of questions on it as is, but to have that kind of pressure up front with the playoff run they kind of had, you got to think, hey, they're in a good spot. What do, you, do you like the signing? I like the signing a lot. You know, they get him, and for my money, I, I think on the cheap, um, I, I don't think um, – he, he, he's a bad player by any means. I know a lot of people want to talk about him, whether or not, you know, he's truly reached his, uh, his potential um, as a number one pick. I think that's a conversation for another day, uh, but just for this fit and what the, the Browns needed from him, you know, I, I think it's a, a, a good pickup. Uh, he's going to offer a lot in terms of uh, run defense. He's very, very good against the run, probably not the best pass rusher, but like Justin said, he does have Miles Garrett on the other side. So if there's any opportunity for him to turn up sack numbers, it's going to be this year. So big signing for the Browns on paper. Said it last year, probably one of the more talented teams in that division. They get even more talented. It looks like they finally, you know, took the what what's on paper and put it on the field. Last year they made the playoffs. I think they're going to be in the playoffs again this year. Um, it just all goes on uh, whether or not, you know, Baker uh, can play consistently for that offense because the, the defense is going to be out there shutting people down. They, they got a good defense out there. Now, uh, one other question, because you did bring up Baker in the end, and it's a lot on him. Is he playing 
somewhat for his contract this year because he's going to be up on a deal here. And I don't know if the Browns are willing to commit to him at this point long term, or do you think that's already a done deal they're committing? I think he's go- he's playing for his contract. I-, I do think they like him. But, you know, that's just the – the um, what, I'm tra- what am I trying to say? I guess the leverage – or the benefit that the the organization has, right? They ha- they have another year that they can look at this guy and determine if they're w- really in love with him. They don't have to pay him. Shoot, they could even do the DAC thing and, and franchise tag him a couple of years, right? They don't have to jump to pay him. That seems to have been the move lately. You know, pay your guy, show him some respect, get it over with, don't have it lingering. Uh, but some organizations are different. And I do think that Baker is kind of playing for his job because he's shown us, in my opinion, one year that he can play at a, a playoff level because they've they've only, they made the playoffs one year and he for my for my opinion and my standpoint didn't hold the team back i thought that he was um a plus for that team he wasn't an impediment like oh they're winning in spite of baker now baker was making some throws out there uh baker was a true nfl quarterback last year and let's see if he can do it again but i do He's think in he the is, division. yeah and hey just like on paper they, they are probably the most talented team on the division. It's between them and the Ravens for me in terms of just true talent. Yeah. Well, Roland, just a little bit of negative news coming out of the Rams who are kind of all in at this point for the title with that trade with Matt, uh, uh, I forget his, Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald, a, attorney seeking assault charges against him. I'm going to put up the picture of the said victim just real quick. It's a little gruesome. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but here it is. Ooh, take it off, take it off. That's yeah, it's so rough. Bad. It's yeah. bad. Don't, uh, don't want to be that time guy. missed here for Aaron Donald, or do you think it's just way too early in the case to uh, know, unlike Deshaun, where we kind of said commissioner exemplist at this point? Man, I, I honestly don't know uh, what's going to happen with this Aaron Donald situation. Let's see if there's a video out there. Uh, let's see if anything led to that fight or led to that. Um, it doesn't look like it was much of a fight. Let's see what led to that altercation. Um and yeah, and let's just let this play out. But again, just face, off face value, what's out there? Excuse me, doesn't look very good. And the the story that I was hearing was they're at a club in Pittsburgh, and Aaron Donald took this guy's bottle, like he just took it from him, and was like, "It's my bottle now." And I was like, "Oh, I'm Aaron Donald. It's my bottle." And the guy's like, well, "No, I want it back," and confronts him. And then I guess that's when Aaron Donald socked him. And I'm sure all it took was like one fi- one punch, and the guy was was done. My takeaway is let Aaron Donald have the bottle. <laughs> let him have. I'm the not bottle. saying no, to Aaron Donald. But I'm I'm gonna ask him if he wants another bottle if he takes that from me. I'm be like, okay, sir, do you want another one? Can I help you with anything else? Because I don't want any parts of that. You saw what happened to that guy. Not fun. I'm not trying to make light of the situation, but. Man, there's more important things in life than getting that bottle. But who knows? Maybe the guy was balling at the club. Aaron Donald, you know, shows him up, takes the bottle. The guy's probably, you know, with a lady, a lady friend, and doesn't want to get shown up in front of his lady. So, you know, he, he's trying to, you know, fight for his respect maybe in confronting Aaron Donald. But, again, in my opinion, you just got to weigh your pros and cons. Like, really, what chance did you really think that you had against Aaron Donald? Unless it was one of those things where – he went up and calmly asked him for the bottle, which I doubt this is what happened. He calmly asked him for the bottle, and then Aaron Donald just, boom, socks him out of nowhere. So I don't know exactly how it went down, but 
either way, let Aaron Donald have the bottle. Learn to or just choose to live another day. Just, just no so need to fight. Let's just play a little devil's advocate here, though. Let's say he is found guilty. You know, court's gonna case gonna go through. What kind of suspension do you see here for this? Is he off the whole season or? No, I don't think he'll be off the whole season. I don't think he'll be off the whole season. Maybe like four to six games. Yeah, he's not coming off the whole season. He's a star. It's not um, anything, you know, having to do with like domestic violence or anything more, you know, serious or egregious. Not that this isn't serious, but we hear about club fights all the time, right? NFL's common. Yeah, it happens. And he was in his hometown, Pittsburgh. Seems like things always happen in your hometown. So uh, not a good situation. But, again, just let him have the bottle. Don't don't try and pick a fight with Aaron Donald. Come on. Well, some other news this week, Roland. Julian Edelman retired. And the uproar right now with Julian Edelman is, is he a Hall of Famer? He's a Patriots Hall of Famer. For sure, he's gonna he's gonna have his jersey retired by the Patriots. Um, he's an all-time um, playoff receiver. He always stepped it up in the playoffs. He he's number two. I'm reading a stat right now. He's number, number two, two. Um, in playoff catches um, and by a good amount. The next guy's at 93. Uh, Jerry Rice is in the lead at 151, but Julian Edelman is number two in re- uh, receptions and yards. So in the playoffs, the guy was a god. He had the he has the second most receiving 100 yard receiving games in the playoffs, and he has the fifth most catches in Super Bowl history, along with the fourth most yards in Super Bowl history, including including one of the clutchest catches of all time um, against the the Falcons in that 28 to three comeback. I don't know how he caught that to this day, but he did. Um, in my opinion, he does not have the regular season stats to get him over the hump. You compare him to a lot of other guys, it pales in comparison. So I'm not going to go down that road. But Heinz Ward, Star- uh, Sterling yeah. Sharp are some of the guys. Yeah, so those are some of the guys that were thrown out there. Heinz Ward was the one that I saw thrown around a lot. Um, but that's not to say that he wasn't a good player. Seventh-round draft pick, wasn't a receiver in college. He played quarterback at Kent State. He had one catch at Kent State before he came over to to New England. Seventh-round draft pick, makes a name for himself, wins. They won two Super Bowls, right, Um, Edelman? He he was part of two Super Bowl teams, the fourth and the fifth for Brady. Um, And he was a big part, as we just said, the number two or the second-best playoff receiver of all time. Let's just put it that way because the stats, that's what they say. He's the second-best playoff receiver of all time. For some people – and I don't think you're necessarily wrong. I think you're entitled to your opinion. For some people, I think that's enough to make him a Hall of Famer. But for me personally, um, I don't think he had enough in the regular season to get it done. Uh, although he was a part, I've, I've won uh, a fantasy championship in the past few years, and he was a part of that championship team. He was my flex that year. Uh, big reason why. Big. He had a good season like two or three years ago. He had like over 90 catches. I think that was his best year. Um, let me just pull up the stats real quick. But while I'm doing that, what do you think, Justin? Well, you know, Roland, I I would say his regular season doesn't make the cut alone. But when you put in the factor of he went to, th- what, three or four Super Bowls with the team, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. has two rings, and the second most all-time playoff stats 
big time players make big time plays in big time games, and Julian Edelman was that. I just think that puts him over the hump, and you put him in. So you put him in the the Hall of Fame, okay? I, and I, I have not his playoff I, stats. I, I can't I mean, give you um, those numbers are up there, and I can't fault you for that. I I, I disagree. I I don't think he has the regular season stats to make it. I'm looking at him now. He had his best season. It's a good season. A hundred yard. I mean, a hundred uh, receptions. Um, 1,100 receiving yards and six touchdowns. That was in 2019. Um, he's had over 100 receiving, uh, 100 over 100 catches twice in his career, and he's gone over 90 uh, twice also, hitting 92 and 98. So no scrub by any means, no scrub at all. Um, but he had a very compact prime, right, from like 2013 to 2019 is when he did most of his damage. Came away with two Super Bowls, like you said, um, but I just would have liked to see him do it a, a little bit longer and be there. But Julian Edelman, man, great career. Hats off to him. I saw a clip of him um, in the playoffs um, against the the Ravens. He was playing slot cornerback against Anquan Bolden on a third and, on a third and long. They, they subbed him in to play uh, corner. So he he can do it all. Ultimate football player, ultimate competitor. He's a trick place too. He's thrown mm-hmm. for some too. He's thrown for some touchdowns. Former quarterback at Kent State. Um, he said in his retirement speech, "Foxborough forever." And I know a lot of people are saying whether or not he's going to hitch a bus to Tampa. Yeah. I think he stays retired. And rightfully, so. shoot, great career, great career. Maybe not a Hall of Famer. Justin thinks he is, and if he does get in eventually, it's deserved. Uh, I'm not going to be a big uh, contractor. No, no, no first ballot, nothing like that. It's going to be some time, but I think he'll eventually get in. I think he will too. At least it's not the Baseball Hall of Fame because those guys just deny mm-hmm. people from going in that absolutely belong. Roland, um, we're getting closer and closer to this draft. And I was able to pull up a mock draft, and I want to pick your brain a little bit about some of these picks. And we're just going to skip over number one because that's been a done deal for quite some time now. That's Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. I don't think that changes at all. I think even Urban Meyer has been a little bit public in stating that's the guy that they're going with. So let's skip over that. Let's get to where it gets a little bit more interesting. Start with number two, and that's Zach Wilson. You like that pick up there for the Jets on a guy who really didn't have maybe the most stellar career at BYU and did make some mistakes. Yeah. You know, we've been talking about the the top of the draft for a little while. And I've said that I, I I think Zach Wilson might've, you know, just had a flashy season, right? Like, I don't think that that's going to be Zach Wilson for his whole career. I think he had a good season. Um, I don't think it's him coming into his own and like it just clicked for him. And this is Zach Wilson. Now I think he's more of the guy that he was before this season, but I can't fault the Jets for taking him at number two because on tape, the guy looks crazy. He can make a lot of different throws from a lot of people like all the different angles, starting all the way, you know, the normal all the way to your sidearm. He can do all of those kind of throws. Um, a lot of credit has to be given to Patrick Mahomes because before people would have thought of that as wild or like, oh, he's not making a traditional throw. But now it's looked at as, shoot, it's another tool in the bag uh, for this quarterback. So. No argument at two for me, um, although I do like Fields more. Yeah, and here's where it gets a little more wonky for me. The Niners, you know, they've moved up. They traded with Miami to get this pick. So you thought they're, you know, for sure going to get a quarterback. 
But a report came out today that said Jimmy Garoppolo is favored to start at the start of the season for the Niners. But this mock draft still has them picking one, and it's Mac Jones out of Alabama. And they did have another. They went to his tryout initially over fields. So this gets a little interesting. I think it's a little wonky to pick a guy like Mac Jones. I don't think it's fully deserved. Yeah, I think it's crazy. I think a lot of it is maybe the Niners just really believe that he's their guy. Like, to me, Mac Jones probably has the lowest ceiling out of all of the guys. But in the right situation, he can get the ball to the right place at the right time, and he can be an effective quarterback. Um do I think he's worthy of the number three pick and all that the Niners gave up to get him? No, I, I I don't. I like Justin Fields a lot more than I like Mac Jones. I like Trey Lance more than I like Mac Jones, uh, just based on potential. But I see why a team would maybe want to take uh, a Mac Jones saying like, hey, we don't need to have the best quarterback in the world. We just need a guy that's not going to lose this the game. We need a guy that's going to get us there. But that's not somebody that you take at three. He's not dynamic enough at three. Yeah. And, and doesn't have a big enough ceiling, in my opinion, uh, to be worthy of that number three spot. Now you're gonna we're gonna get to number four uh, with the Falcons, but uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up that the Niners were at Justin Fields' second pro day mm-hmm. uh, on Wednesday. Whether or not that means anything, I don't know. But he did have some one-on-one time with the Niners that he didn't have previously. So maybe it's all smoke and mirrors. But everything that I've heard, everything that all the big uh, talking heads um, say is Mac Jones at three. So. Let's see if they liked field second pro day enough to even move. Well, number four would have been the Atlanta Falcons, but here in this mock draft, there's a trade. And that's the Miami Dolphins moving up from 12 to four. And they were already at three, but, you know, they don't need a quarterback. They're sticking with their guy, Tua. And this pick is Kyle Pitts, tied in out of Florida. I like I have it. No problems with this one. I like it. You, you're, um, you know, betting, going all in on Tua. You're giving him all the weapons that he needs. Him and Devontae Parker would be pretty fun. Um, I like it. I like Kyle Pitts. He gets to stay in Florida. Uh, Going to stay comfortable down there in the the humidity uh, down there near South Beach. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I like that pick. I don't know if they're going to trade up, and I don't know if the trade happens, but I do like Pitts as the first non-quarterback taken. I, I do ask you, Roland. There's no such thing as a sure thing in the draft because when you're drafting, you don't know exactly what translate and doesn't. But is this the closest to a for sure thing that you've seen in this draft with Pitts, or is Trevor Lawrence? I still, I still got to go to Lawrence, but Pitts checks every single box and then some. Um, he's my favorite prospect outside of you know the quarterbacks uh, that we've all talked about, but uh, Kyle Pitts, man, he I. To your point, he is outside of the Trevor Lawrence, the closest thing to a, a sure thing. Uh, with all the things that he's able to do, he goes gets the 50-50 balls. He's a good route runner. He's a beast, man, and there's nobody out there uh, with his size and his physical traits probably right now. Maybe like like DK Metcalf at tight end. Yeah. Let's see if he can block some of these guys, though, because mm-hmm. in the NFL you've got more blocking schemes than in college. Yeah. I have no – Issues with the way he's going to be able to catch the ball out of that position, but we'll see. It's it's, it's, it's crazy how the tight end position has changed over the years, right? Like Antonio Gates and guys started like that with Tony so Gonzalez and, and Antonio Gates, uh, kind of changing it, and then you saw the Jimmy Graham 
who's kind of like that guy, and then Gronk and um, Aaron Hernandez, Kelsey, you know, those guys. I'm going to read 5 through 10 here just because, you know, it's a little bit later, and I want you to just pick what you want to dissect from 5 through 10. Okay. Cincinnati Bengals, Penny Sewell out of Oregon, the offensive tackle. Six, Atlanta Falcons uh, getting Trey Lance, you know, um, backup for Matt Ryan. Seven, Jamar Chase, uh, Detroit Lions. I think that's got to happen because, you know, they lost uh, somebody to throw to Holiday. Yeah. Eight, Carolina Panthers, Devontae Smith. Nine, Denver Broncos, Michael Parsons. And here's a trade with New England moving up to get their guy, Justin Fields. Which one do you like the most for happening here between five through ten? Mm, like the most likely to yeah. happen five through ten? Most likely out of those things, it's going to be the first one that you mentioned. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals going uh, with the offensive tackle out of Oregon. You got to protect your guy. You got to protect Joe Burrow, especially after how he got cut in half last year. Um, I think that's all the tape. That's the only video that you need to watch when deciding who to take at number five if you're the Bengals. Take the offensive tackle. Don't take Jamar Chase. I know it's going to be fun. It's, it's probably going to be – a lot of highlights. You're going to have three great receivers, but the guys that you have are enough. Just protect your guy. You want to have your guy to be able to throw the ball to the receivers, and you need the tackle to do that. Just to move on to number 15, because that's where the Cowboys would have landed instead of the Patriots, the mock draft has them getting J.C. Horn out of South Carolina, which is kind of who we had them you know, last week when we had them at the number 10 spot picking up anyway. Yeah, I like that. Um, it addresses a need. And like we said uh, on the podcast, we want them to go defense. Um, we're both Cowboys fans here. So I really don't want to see them trade up and, and give up any capital to go and get uh, Kyle Pitts. Now, Pitts is there at 10. I have no problem with you taking him at 10. You got to he's dy- dynamic. You've already you missed out on Randy Moss once. You don't want to do it again. Uh, so don't don't pass on him at 10. But, you know, if he's already taken and you know, you can get a few extra picks out of it from the Patriots, so they really want fields. Go ahead and trade down to 15, get your guy, and, you know, solidify your secondary. Uh, I think that's a good move for the Cowboys. I wouldn't mind them trading down. Normally, as a fan, you get a little bummed out. You, you're all primed for your team to make their pick, and then you hear, oh, uh, with the 10th pick, we have a trade to announce, and you kind of get a little bummed out. But in this case, it wouldn't be such a bad thing for me. Roland, any other thing you want to cover on the draft? Maybe um, somebody from the second round to look forward or anything else that you want to cover as far as the NFL draft goes now that we're getting a little closer to it? I know we'll probably bring up a lot more Uh, mock drafts as we get closer. Uh, Not really. Uh, The only thing uh, that I I would want to point out is, uh, you know, the next quarterback that gets taken off um, after the the big five, right, all all the way um, up to to, – Who's the fifth quarterback? Uh, Trey Trey Lance, right? Uh, I want to see who the sixth guy is. A lot of people are talking. um, Kellen Mond. I I like Kyle Trask, another guy that's getting a lot of of, uh, press right now, a lot of pub. And people are saying that might be in the back end of the first round is Austin Mills. I'm going to butcher his name and get it wrong. Uh, The quarterback for um, Stanford. I don't think that's his name. I'm going to have to look it up before. Davis Mills. Davis Mills. There you go. Uh, I want to see who the the next quarterback after the big five is and whether or not we maybe get six uh, quarterbacks in the first round. And also 
uh, we got to pay attention to the draft props because those are always fun um, as we get closer to that. There is a wide receiver that I think you know, it's going to be a second round pick, but I think that he is just a little undersized, but in the slot can be a game changer for any team. That's Rondell Moore out of Purdue. He was a um, Texas guy, and Texas, you know, unfortunately, Texas athletics has been off, and Texas football has been off, and we didn't pick him up, and he single-handedly put it on the Buckeyes one year. And I think that kid is very elusive. He's just a little undersized, but that doesn't seem to be the problem as far as when you have a guy like that in the slot because that speed he's an athlete. is up there. Yeah, he's an athlete for sure. No, I, I'm glad you brought up his name because he's not a, a guy that's been talked about a lot uh, when, when you when you talk about the top receivers in the draft. But um, definitely uh, l- like that call out. He's going to be a guy to look out for next year. Well, let's go on to uh, Champions League here, Roland. We had some games. I don't know if you caught them, but they were, uh, you know, two legs, and that left us with Man City versus PSG in the semifinals, and you got Real Madrid versus Chelsea in the semifinals. Right now, odds of the win, Man City plus 140, PSG plus 334, Real Madrid plus 400, and Chelsea at plus 450. That leaves us with two premier teams in the semifinals. So I got to ask you, and I think you're going to come up with what I've already come up with. That's got to be the best league in Europe, right, at the moment? Yeah, Premier League, definitely the, the who's who is in that um, that division or that that league or that, um, that title, excuse me. Um, yeah, definitely Premier League, top to bottom, probably the best that there is. You know, it's like the NFL um, of, of soccer, in my opinion, or football, excuse me. Um, there's competition every single week. There's really no off weeks uh, for these guys. Um, so definitely uh, got to give the EPL their props, but I'm not going to root for any of those teams uh, just because they're from the Premier League. I'm not going for City and I'm not going for Chelsea. Uh, so I'm going to hitch on to the to the PSG uh, uh, bandwagon, Alice Paris. So I- I'm going there. I know you're a big Real Madrid guy. Um, so, And I know you're happy to see Bayern get knocked out. Yeah, they're tough, and um, to see that uh, PSG did it, that first game is what did it for them because in the second game it was 1-0 for Bayern, but it wasn't going to be enough because they had to aggregate on PSG side. And that's good for uh, one of our listeners, Diego, because last year they faced Bayern in the finals, and they didn't get the result they wanted. But at least now they don't have to worry about that. But they are playing what is the odds-on favorite to win this tournament playing city but you know the thing i gotta say about city is they never get it done in champions they, they never truly get it done so i they're in the semis right now i'm still not believing in them i'm a hater i go for man united so i'm never gonna go for city but they never really do get over the hump let's just call it what it is let's just say that they don't get it is that it for uh, pep there he's done everything at this point but when yeah I, I say that's it for him if, if you're saying if they don't get it yeah, he hasn't won Champions League there. I mean, and he's had his time. That's his team. He set that up, and he still hasn't gotten that. If they don't get it, and then, you know, he's made some comments about, you know, they don't have deep enough pockets, you know, to compete for certain guys and get certain people Which to go to City. crazy because that's yeah. one of the richer squads. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely going to be time up for him. I, I think even if he wins because he also has an older squad, and I don't think he wants to be there to uh, retool uh, necessarily. So, yeah, but things are heating up, champions. If you're a big soccer fan, 
Uh, this is your time. Uh, Champions League final. Where's the, the final being played? I'm not sure what city it's at this year, but I'm going to ask you, Man City or PSG? You said you're going to PSG here? PSG. And Real Madrid versus Chelsea. Who's moving on? I'm going to go... Oh, man. I'm going to go with Real Madrid here. They have championship resolve. I still trust in that team uh, to get over the hump. I like Zidane as their coach. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and you're the expert here. So do you like uh, Real Madrid um, over uh, Chelsea? I do, and I like the fact that we were without uh, Ramos and we're without uh, – was our Akata the Hall was out at the time. So those are perennial defenders that were out for the game, and they still managed to get it done. Now, we didn't get the – we got a tie – in our last game, we're against Liverpool, but we we put it on them at uh, I forget the name of Liverpool Stadium, but we put it on them over there. So I like what we're doing, and we're getting a favorable draw here against Chelsea. We don't have to see PSG or Man City right away, and we also just got off of beating Barcelona in a Clasico. So we're, we're rolling right now. It's at the Good right year. time. And we got to strike while the iron's hot. And I feel like uh, Real Madrid is kind of doing this uh, a little under the radar, maybe, right? Because they don't have the global superstar on their team anymore. They don't have that Ronaldo you know, name. Yeah. And what's his name's hurt? Our winger that we spent money on from Chelsea Hazard. I feel like Hazard, I feel like Hazard really hasn't played much or contributed much or lived up to that contract. Terrible purchase. Yeah, but. You guys are going to get to purchase uh, Mbappe probably in a, a year or two. So uh, all is good. Or maybe Holland or, yeah, Holland, right? From, uh, yeah, uh, but that price, he's already met twice with so that price is steep, but I think they're going to pay it regardless. It's going to be up there. Probably break the transfer record for Holland. Well, uh, do you know when the, the next game is? I want to say it's in two weeks. I didn't get the date, but I think it's in two weeks because usually there's a break in between legs. So. Let me just pull it up before we move up, uh, move on from uh, Champions League. It's uh, April 27th. That's the uh, next game. So before the end of the month, we're going to have some Champions League semifinal action. Should be fun. Yeah, so I look forward to it. I'm sure we'll have some plays for it once it gets a little closer at the end of the month. And uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll have Diego on to talk some PSG for us. Heck yeah. All right, Roland, the Bellator tourney started last week. We're getting the MMA section here. And uh, Lyoto Machida just got handled by the ex-champion Ryan Bader. And he was pretty dominant after the first round. That first round, he was kind of figuring out Machida's timing. After that, he was just takedown after takedown. Cut up Machida from the ground. It wasn't even close. I don't know if you were able to catch that match. I did watch a little bit of it. And like you said, it, it was not close at all. I think uh, Ryan Bader really wanted to avenge that loss that he had to Machida, which I, I don't even remember that fight when it initially happened. It was a UFC fight, yeah. too, which is crazy. Uh, but Ryan Bader um, really has kind of etched um, etched a career out for himself uh, post-UFC. Um, Got to give him props. Stays alive in the Grand Prix. Um, do you like him to actually uh, walk away with the belt? I'd like him to get to that final as long as the seeding stays the same uh, because I think he's in the Bellator light heavyweight division, the best wrestler. Um, of course, there is Yo Romero, but I think he's on the other side of that bracket. So I, don't think, I don't think that's going to be a problem. And Yoel's uh, in July is facing uh, a killer himself, so that's going to be an interesting fight matchup right there and then. 
I like that. But to, to move on, uh, light heavyweight, the champion, Vadim Nemkov versus Phil Davis. I believe Phil Davis had some UFC fights back in the day. Um, but for the most part, his career has existed in Bellator. And then we got Corey Anderson versus, I'm going to butcher this name because it's Russian, Dovolotskin, Yag Shermadov. So just real quick, I like the champion, and I like Corey Anderson in here. So take uh, this one. I like Corey Anderson too. Is this his first uh, post UFC fight, or is uh, this his second? This might be his second Bellator fight, okay. but if not, it's his first. Yeah, I like Corey Anderson. Um, got caught a lot of flack for the way that he left the UFC, um, especially because he was talking a lot of crap before he he got knocked out. Um, so yeah, I, I like um, Corey Davis in that matchup. Let's move on to UFC on ESPN. It's the last card. In Vegas, before we move to what will be a big card next week with lots of fights and lots of champions on it, and we'll go ahead over that next week. But that's uh, Whitaker versus Gastelum, two ex-coaches from the Ultimate Fighter who were scheduled to fight, but Gastelum had to pull out at the time. So we'll talk about it. Robert Whitaker versus Kevin Gast- Kelvin Gastelum. Who do you like here between the two? Uh, I, I'm in love with Robert Whitaker. Um, I, I like the way that he's been fighting uh, since he lost to Izzy. Like I said last week, I was really impressed with his his fight against Jared uh, Cannonier um, out in uh, Fight Island. I really think he proved a lot. Um, I think there's a lot of people on Cannonier's side on that one because uh, of his power. Uh, but he, he showed that he, he still has a good chin, and um, I, I like him a lot. I, I like him a lot in this matchup. Not very good for Gastelum. He's fought the who's who. So I have to give him props for always staying in there. I like Whitaker on this one. These are two of the smaller middleweights. They've both fought at Welter at one point in the career. But Whitaker just has too many weapons. I believe he'll neutralize Gastelum's boxing. Gastelum finally found a win. He was on a little bit of a streak. He is with a new camp in California. But it won't be enough because Whitaker is a killer in that division. And I think this win will solidify... Probably a rematch over over Vittori's shot for Adesanya. I don't think Vittori deserves it more than Whitaker if Whitaker gets this win. Some people have said, oh, let's move now Whitaker versus Vittori and let them have Adesanya. But I think that takes away from Adesanya's ability to have opponents. So I much would rather see the winner of this, if it's Whitaker, go ahead and move on and make that the only. That's the next fight. I believe that's got to be the one. That's what I know. Adesanya might not want that because he said that he's already, you know, washed Whitaker. But you, maybe Whitaker's a different fighter. Uh, who knows if, if the outcome's going to be the same uh, this time around? So I do think you have to give Whitaker a look if he if he pulls this victory off, which I think he is, man. It's just not a good look for uh, for Gastelum, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, the other fight that is the co-main was Jeremy Stevens versus Drakkar Close. Now, this fight is not at what Jeremy Stevens was at for the most part, featherweight. This one's coming in at lightweight. And he's fighting Drakkar Close, who is coming off a loss, but this loss is respectable because it's Benel Dariush. After that, he was on a pretty good win streak. And uh, one of the names, Bobby Green and Lando Venata, who are you know pretty well-known names in the UFC, he has wins over. I know Jeremy Stevens, for the most part, kind of – after that whole Connor comment uh, saying that he was the toughest hitting featherweight in the division, he's been on a loss, you know. Some of them, Jose Aldo, Zabit, no contest with Ayer. That was the yeah. 
uh, eye poke. He, he couldn't go. But then Yair took it to him in that fight of the night, and then he lost to Calvin Kadar, and you saw that matchup with um, Holloway. So this is 155. He missed the, the last fight with his weight. He was supposed to come in at 145. He ended up being at 150. He's had some problems getting to featherweight. This is the third time that he had missed getting to featherweight. So you can probably say if he's going to continue this career, it's going to be at lightweight. Um, who do you like here? I'm going to go ahead and side with the um, the natural lightweight here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and side with Draker Closey. Uh, Jeremy Stevens is on a little bit of a losing streak, as we just said. Uh, he's he's lost to Aldo's a beat Yair and Cater's as as you just got done saying and Cater he lost in in depressing fashion he caught a, a nasty elbow straight to the face a great knockout uh, from Cater but um, Stevens man he's kind of found himself um, on the down I don't know if he can turn it around do you have the odds up for this fight just so I maybe I'm, I'm speaking wrong maybe he's a favorite but I, I don't think I he don't would. have the odds on this one but I'm with you on Drakkar Close getting this one. Yeah, I like him. I, it's a little concerned. He got knocked out by Darius, and you don't really think of Darius as a knockout artist by any means. So that is a little concerning, and we all know Jeremy Stevens packs a punch. Uh, so that's probably his only chance at, at getting the victory um, here. But a good spot for him nonetheless. Um, gets another opportunity. Right now, actually, Jeremy Stevens is the betting favorite. He's a short favorite at minus 115. So if you've taken anything that Justin and I have said into consideration – uh, you got Drakar at a short underdog at plus 105. All right. So the new announcement for UFC is um, UFC 264 has been solidified. This week we had a lot of, you know, talk where Connor and Dustin got into a little you yeah. know, Twitter fight and the fight was off for the most part. You know, Connor said, I'm finding a new opponent. But I told you all, this is what I thought. Thought they were kind of promoting it. Ben did bring up a good, good point, saying it wouldn't smear his name just to promote a fight. But now it kind of does feel like a promotion. I mean, people are talking. This is not good guy versus good guy. We got douchebag Connor back. Yeah, that no, sells fights for sure. I think that sells fights. I don't, I don't think uh, Justin Poirier was necessarily trying to uh, to sell a fight, but I think he he meant putting his name out there and and saying what he said. I don't. I don't think it was, um, I'm going to say, wrong by any means. I know Justin Poirier came out and apologized, but if you have a, a feeling about somebody, and especially somebody talks as much as Connor does, you you got to stick up for yourself, especially on social media. you got to go out there and, and say your own bit, and uh, Dustin's pretty savvy on, on uh, social media. So I thought that that was a good little jab, uh, you know, questioning, like, hey, I never got that 500000 especially from a guy like uh, McGregor who wants to call himself the the money man of the, the UFC and blah, blah, blah. So you question his bag. It's a little, you know, shot at the ego. So I thought that was a good little move by uh, Justin Poirier. And I, and I do err more on your side, Justin. This is more just, you know, them selling the fight and whatnot. But one thing that you do, that you did touch on, and it's something that I've um, thought to myself as well. Um, this is the, the McGregor that needs to be here. Uh, and that is, you know, the the mean Connor or the the no more Mr. Nice Guy Connor, as he said on his uh, social media platforms, um, because I thought he he was playing too nice. It was almost disingenuous um, th this last time around and it started with the cowboy fight. 
you know, how much respect he was showing Cowboy before and then how much respect he was showing Dustin Poirier, which, you know, it, it's fine and dandy to be doing that. But if that's not you, then maybe that's taking you out of your mental game because as far as we know, Conor McGregor, he he's really, really good at, you know, running his mouth and trying to get under his opponent's skin and, you know, playing that mental warfare. Uh, sometimes he may have gone a little too far with it. I think with the Khabib fight, he went way too far with the mental warfare uh, where he didn't focus enough on, you know, actually fighting and whatnot to where that cost him, where he started talking a little bit more about the religion of uh, Khabib and stuff like that, crossing the line uh, for a lot of people there. Um, but I do think nonetheless that this is the version of Connor mentally that we need to see uh, for him to have any chance of, you know, reclaiming what was once his, and that's USC glory. And just an announcement, this one is coming back to Vegas on July 10th, and it will be in front, in front of a capacity crowd. So oh, yeah. Vegas they need is fully a, open again. They need a gate for that one. Yeah, it deserves a gate, too. Uh, another announcement coming in is John Blockowitz set to defend against Glover Teixeira at UFC 266 on September 4th. Respect. I don't want to go too much into this fight since we are a ways away from September, but I got to ask you, are you excited about this one? Um, I'm just to make me jump off my seat and get super excited, but man, Glover, yeah, he, he's deserved it. That's why I said props. Happy and I, for him. Yeah, I'm happy that he's getting his shot. He was, he would have been the, he would have been the stand-in replacement if uh, one of the guys didn't make weight uh, last time around between Blockowitz and uh, and Adesanya. So the UFC has already identified him as the rightful number one contender. And I have no qualms about it. Not the biggest name, but shoot, you don't need to be the biggest name when you put together the resume uh, lately that uh, Glover has, regardless of age, man, regardless of age. Monster. From a, from a purist standpoint, this is great. This is the guy that deserves the shot more than any other lightweight, light heavyweight. So I'm glad he's getting it. Early uh, like prediction? Said, early prediction, man, Lakowicz. But... Like, if Glover comes out with the title, man, I'll be very happy because yeah. I, I like the guy a lot. And it just to finally reach that pinnacle and be champion, it'd be awesome to see. I'd like to see him hold the belt. So not this Saturday, but next Saturday. We, we won't get into any of the fights, but I just want to announce it's Masvidal Usman, and that card is stacked. We got Zhang Wei Li, Rose Namahunas for the championship. We got Shevchenko and Jessica Andrade for uh, the championship. And then the rest of the card fills out with Uriah Hall versus uh, Chris Weidman and Anthony Smith versus Jeremy Crute. And there's some other car, uh, fighters that on the ESPN preliminaries that are worth watching too. That card is super stacked. So April 24th is going to be a gift. We'll mm -hmm. get into that next week. Uh, we won't talk about it too much. It's going to be a good MMA section next week. Yeah. So uh, we're going to get into this whole celebrity boxing thing. But before so we get that. into that, before we yeah. get right into that, there was an announcement. Uh, Eddie Alvarez was speaking to Ariel Hawani on his show. And he was saying, De La Hoya's back, and I'm in serious talks uh, with to fight him. And I'm going to call De La Hoya a celebrity and not a boxer at this point because he's been retired for, I want to say, more than eight years at this point. Are you buying into these you know, celebrity acts coming back for the money? Um. I guess for entertainment value, I think it's fun. Um, the only thing that I will say is the two guys that came back before, uh, Roy Jones Jr. and Mike, Mike Tyson. Tyson, 
I want to say they're probably in a little bit better shape than Oscar De La Hoya. Who knows? Give Oscar a couple months, or maybe he's already in shape. I don't know, but I just tend to think that he's not. And it's a complete money grab. Everything that I've seen from Oscar De La Hoya in the media the past five years has all been money grabbish, cringy kind of stuff. Like he let Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz come back that and fight under his uh, his MMA card that I, I don't think he's put on another card, or at least I haven't heard of it. So yeah, complete money grab. Um, but shoot, if Eddie Alvarez wants to come up, I, I'm not going to hate him for it. Yeah, if he wants to get that bag, I have no problem. But this is a money grab by all means. And how convenient it's another MMA guy and not a real boxer. You oh, know? yeah. He doesn't want to win a real he boxer. He have an advantage with. But the time has come, Roland. Um, Triller. Triller is putting on another celebrity fight. And it's Jake Paul again after that highlight win over Nate Robinson. And this time he's facing another YouTube sensation by default, not a real YouTuber. Uh, ben Askren, I don't know if you've ever seen his vlogs, but they're on a complete different website. And, um, yeah, Jake Paul opens up as the favorite at minus 190 to Ben Askren's plus 148. Those, those also shortened a little bit. Those also shortened a little bit. Yeah, we, you can dissect this so many ways, Roland. You can start with, is it super embarrassing if Ben Askren loses? Is Ben Askren a fair um, uh, – advocate for MMA because he's so one-sided. He's not a striker. Now he's in a striking match. There's different ways to go about this. What takeaway are you taking the most from this? And will you be watching? Um, I will be watching. I don't know if I'm going to pay the pay-per-view for it personally. Yeah. $50 is a steep price for me to pay uh, for that kind of matchup. In my opinion, Um, to answer your questions though, that you asked, is it embarrassing that Ben Askren loses? I'm going to say no for Ben Askren. I don't think it's too embarrassing because nobody thinks of him as a, as a boxer or a striker or anything like that. He does have a lot of combat experience at the highest level. He's fought the who's who. He's been in the 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 ring with Robbie Lawler or the octagon with Robbie Douglas Lawler, Lima. Douglas Lima. So he's beat Douglas Lima, defended his title against him in Bellator. So the guy's been in there with the who's who. I think he's a valid representation for MMA to get in the ring. He's probably not the best. I'm sure, yeah, you can always find better people, but he was laying around. You know, he's recently retired, coming off that hip surgery. Must have been okay. He said he got the okay to go and do it, um, even though he's probably supposed to have been on the shelf for another couple of months. But um, he's not going to have to worry about grappling or anything. So I actually like Ben Astrin to win this fight. And the only reason why I'm going to say that is because as impressive as Jake Paul as a celebrity or YouTuber, whatever you want to call him, has looked as a boxer, he hasn't fought anybody that has any fighting experience. He fought another YouTuber, and then he fought Nate Robinson, who ran into him, who ran into his punch. He, he looked competent as a boxer. I will say that. I, I don't know anything about boxing, but Jake Paul looked like he knew what he was doing for sure. I, I will give him that. He looked like he had technique. He wasn't just throwing wild shots and stuff, but – he also had an opponent that didn't know what he was doing at all in Nate Robinson. And the guy before that didn't know what he was doing at all either. So I think that's all that he needs to find out that he's not who he thinks he is, is going up against somebody that's actually competent like Ben Askren. And I think Askren's going to win by decision. Yeah. You know, I'm right there with you as well. 
I think uh, Jake Paul is not going to be ready for those later rounds. I've seen his other fights, and they've always been shorter than those seven rounds that he's going to be going in. So I don't see him winning because I think Astrid will just kind of touch him up in the later rounds and be the, um, the guy with the more endurance in the end. I am going to watch this fight. I'm not going to pay for it, but I'm going to watch it. Are you going to watch the other fights that are on the card? You know, I don't. I don't really know, but I'm gonna have it on because of the concerts. You know, just to. They're doing like a YouTube versus TikTok. That's what this whole thing is gonna be now. Do you do you know of any of the other fights? Are they any big names or anything? I don't know any of those people. I'm not like. I don't know who the TikTok superstars are. Like I barely get on TikTok. Like I really don't. If like my girlfriend sends me something, like that's like yeah, the I'm, extent I'm a TikTok of TikTok. Fiend, though I am. Um, so I don't know who the celebrities are on there, but I do know it's like TikTokers versus YouTubers. That's the big uh, theme for the undercard, I guess. Um, but I, I do want to say I'm not like saying that Jake Paul is like legit or anything, but I do want to say that he has uh, gotten farther or shown more of boxing acumen than I ever thought that he would. For a short sure, amount of time too. Yeah, short amount of time. Yeah, for sure. Well, he knows you know what he's what- doing. That's going to wrap it up for us, but I just want it to be said. We haven't forgotten, Roland. Justin Rose didn't win that tournament. Yeah, and Van Rose is a shotgun. We didn't even talk about the Masters. That's true. Hideki yeah. Matsuyama. Yeah, hey, brought it back to Japan. That was a good tournament. That third round is what solidified him. He, he went up and I think he was at minus, what, 11 coming into the end of the third round. And he just didn't let go. Speed kind of had a little bit of a comeback. But uh, he kind of killed himself on those four first rounds. Uh, the first three holes in the fourth round to just kind of put him out of contention. The kid from California, I'm blanking out of his name, the real skinny dude. Oh, something Talavares or something, something like that. along those lines. Man, was I pulling for him just because I wanted an American at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, just great masters. Though. Four days of entertainment, man. Great masters. You got another tournament going on right now. Um, I was watching on the Golf Channel today. Uh, so, yeah, golf's in a good spot. Uh, there was obviously no Tiger Woods, but uh, I, I do think the competition is as good as it's ever been. Uh, you know, there's a reason why Tiger said that when he was back that he's got a bunch of guys that can do what he does, you know, in terms of driving the ball and the guys that are, you know, a little bit more physically imposing than him. So even though the names aren't as big, you might not who all these know who all these guys are. Um I, I would say the PGA roster is as deep as it's been um, in some time. Um, so, yeah. Uh, before we leave, though, Justin, anything uh, the, the fans or the listeners should be uh, looking out for uh, this weekend? Anything that you're going to watch? I know we just talked about the um, Triller event with Jake Paul and um, Ben Askren. Um, anything else to look out for? Nothing to look out for. Just want to speak on just for my enjoyment. WrestleMania was this past weekend. And I got to say, Bad Bunny, his tickets are on sale now. I'm trying, you know, trying to get some tickets off my cousin. He was able to secure a few. So nice. And he put on, he put on, his brother got him. Nice. Okay. He put on big time. That was one hell of a show. I didn't expect that to go down the way it did. So do you like that they inserted him into the storyline? Do you, do you think that that, um, as a I'm fan, all, makes I'm sense? I'm all for it when it comes to WrestleMania season because – Going back to the very early WrestleManias, it's always been a celebrity being part of the show somehow. 
it's 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 not just wrestling. It's always mixing pop culture with wrestling when it comes to WrestleMania. A lot of the wrestling purists are like, why insert this guy? All these guys have worked so hard all year. They want to be part of the big show. But when the wrestlers said, hey, this guy put on, he did he put in the work every day, rented an apartment in Florida so that he could go to training every day, and he got it done. A lot of people said he stole the show that first night because it was a two-night event. And I, I got to admit, man, he went off, dude. I just I was fully entertained. I only watch it for, as an entertainment aspect because – you know, it's fake, whatever. Yeah. I enjoy the storylines, the dramatics. It's like watching a, a sports reality show or something. Shout out Bad Bunny. Um, shout out, we talk about sports and everybody that watches us and listens to us and all the platforms. Um, episode 40 was fun. Uh, I do want to say for myself, I am going to be watching uh, tomorrow night, the Spurs versus the Suns. Oh, no, that's not, that's not tomorrow. It's on Saturday. Uh, Spurs and Suns play, so... I know the ESPN or the, the marquee game this Saturday is Golden State versus Boston, two guys in the playoffs fighting. Um, so, yeah, that, that's what I'm going to be looking forward to. I'm heavy into basketball. Um, I've been putting up my picks on the sharp money. I've been doing pretty good. If you've been following, like, my last couple picks, like, I think I'm, like, that I've been tracking for the month of April. I'm, like, 18-8 or 17-7, and seven, something like that on just NBA. All the picks. units up. It's on NBA, so – yeah, go ahead and follow Sharp Money. So, like I've been saying, past couple of weeks, good little source. If if you're looking to, you know, invest in stocks, you got some guys that write articles weekly about stocks. You got people who put in uh, soccer bets. Diego's always there putting his soccer stuff. Um, I'm in there putting basketball. Uh, so yeah, go go ahead and check us out. And uh, Ben, if you're listening, have fun out in Vegas. Uh, everybody, wish him some some good luck on the betting boards. Hopefully, he comes home a winner. And yeah, you're coming home to a shotgun though. Or we're not letting you off the hook for that. You, you jinxed Justin Rose. I knew it was going to happen. There you go. Number 40, baby. Number 40. See you later. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Yeah. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. Slap that place should score 30. We talking about sports. I mean, what are we even talking about, man? We talking about sports here.